This morning, I want to tell a story. And it's a tale of two women, a woman and her daughter-in-law, dealing with disappointments of life when unexpected things happen. Our story begins in the days when the judges ruled. There's a famine in Israel, and a man of Bethlehem named Elimelech, he goes to the land of Moab with his wife Naomi and their two sons. And they move there, and some time passes, and Elimelech dies, leaving Naomi a widow. Well, two sons, time passes, and they grow, and they marry two Moabite women, one named Orpah and one named Ruth. And ten years, another ten years pass, and the two sons, we don't know what happened, we don't know the situation, Scripture doesn't tell us, the two sons die. Lots, there's tragedy. There's heartache and, and, there's, and there's heartbreak. And Naomi, she finds out that the famine in Israel is over. Naomi has endured a great deal. Heartache after heartache after heartbreak. Do you ever think about what it would be like to have a fresh start? Naomi wants to make an attempt to leave her heartache and her heartbreak behind, and she wants to return to the land of her home, the land of Judah. And so Naomi says to her daughters-in-law, Go return each of you to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. They've, they've been wonderful daughters-in-law. Well, they say, no, we will return with you to your people. And Naomi, she says, return my daughters. And it's kind of interesting where she goes. She says, why should you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? And, and then she begins to open up her heart. Return, my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I said I have hope, if I were to even have a husband tonight and, and to give birth to sons tonight, would you wait until they're grown? That would be crazy. No, my daughters, it is much more bitter for me than for you. Bitter. Because the hand of the Lord has come out against me. Sometimes we blame God, don't we? When things don't make sense. When wave after wave after wave. Whew, we've all felt like Naomi. On the road of life. Well, they weep, and, and Orpah, she kisses Naomi goodbye, and then she departs for her, her, her home. But Ruth clings to Naomi. And Naomi says, Behold, your, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people, and her gods return after your sister-in-law. But then Ruth says... 
what is one of the most beautiful pledges in all of Scripture. Do not plead with me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and and worse, if anything but death separates me from you. That's that. Naomi says not another word. They make their way to Bethlehem. And, and all the city, when they see them coming, it's, they get all stirred up. And, and the women say, is this Naomi? And she says, don't call me Naomi. Call me something else. They, names back then had a certain significance. And, and she says, call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Whew. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? Poor Naomi. And the details aren't going to be the same with us, necessarily, but we've all felt empty at one time or the other, and maybe maybe you do today. Well, it's now the beginning of barley season, and and Ruth says to her mother-in-law, please let me go to the field and glean among the grain. We we need food. We need livelihood. I need to find some work. Naomi says, go, my daughter. They are tight. (laughs) They are very close. So Ruth does, and she comes to this field belonging to a man named Boaz. And Boaz is a relative, actually, of Naomi's deceased husband. Boaz is also a man of great wealth. And you know, we can tell a lot about an employer by the way his relationship, his or her relationship might be with employees. We can tell a lot. Boaz comes in and, and he says to his reapers in the field, May the Lord be with you. And they say, May the Lord bless you. Well, Boaz points to Ruth and says to the servant in charge, whose young woman is this? Again, different day, different culture. Well, the servant replies, well, she's the young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi. And she she said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves. Well, Boaz, he, he speaks to the young lady. He, He says to Ruth, listen carefully. Do do not go to glean in any other field. Join my young women here. Join my workers here. I've ordered the servants not to mess with you, not to touch you. When you're thirsty, go to the water jars and drink from where they drink. Be, Be one of them. Again, a different culture. She falls on her face and she bows to the ground. And she says, why have I found favor in your sight since I am a foreigner? And Boaz replies, All that you have done for your mother-in-law after the death of your husband has been fully reported to me. 
every ounce of care and dedication which you've given to your mother-in-law, I know all about it. How you left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and came to a people that you did not previously know. <laughs> Word travels. I don't believe that it doesn't. Word travels. And Boaz says, May the Lord reward your work, and may your wages be full from the Lord, the God of Israel. And I want you to see this. This is in chapter 2. Verse 12. May your wages be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. You've come to take refuge under his wings. Ruth says, I have found favor in your sight, for you have comforted me and indeed have spoken kindly to your servant. So they work a little bit, and then at mealtime, Boaz tells Ruth, come here and that you may eat of the bread and, and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar, and, and she does that. Boaz is so kind. He's so kind to her. And she gets back up to work. She gets up to glean, and Boaz tells the servants, let her glean, let her glean, and, and what's more, slip out, for her, slip out her, for her some grain from the bundles and, and leave it so that she can, she can glean. Help, help her out a little bit. Don't rebuke her, don't insult her. I think Ruth has made an impact on Boaz. Ruth gleans until evening. And then she goes into the city to, to Naomi. And Naomi asks, where did you glean today? And, and where did you work? May, and I love, they speak differently than, than nowadays. <laughs> May he who took notice of you be blessed. So Ruth says, well, the name of the man with whom I worked is Boaz. And Naomi says, May he be blessed of the Lord who has not withdrawn the Lord's kindness, his kindness from the living and from the dead. May this man be blessed. He's our relative. The relative of my dead husband. He is one of our redeemers. Well, we may need a, just a word of explanation about... We, we, we hear the word redeemer... Like if you redeem a coupon, you give something to get something, right? It's, it's kind of the same but a little bit different in Old Testament culture. A redeemer is one who redeems or buys something back, and it's a legal function in that Old Testament culture. Where there is a death in the family, the next of kin is obligated by law to redeem or to buy back any property of a deceased kinsman a relative, a kinsman, and in the case of a brother, to raise up children by the widow. It's a different day, but you've got to keep that in mind. So Ruth goes back to work, and she works until both the end of the barley harvest and the, and the, and the wheat harvest. And Ruth, she lives with Naomi, and they make a life there. Well, Naomi, knowing that she's not going to be around forever, 
She says, my daughter, shall I not seek security for you that it may go well for you? Looking out for her daughter-in-law. And then she says, is, is Boaz not our relative? Behold, that's their way of saying looky here. Behold, he's winnowing barley in the, at the threshing floor tonight. And I love this. She says, wash and anoint yourself and put on your best clothes. Fix up your womanly self. Go down to the threshing floor. But do not reveal yourself to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. And then it shall be when he lies down, then you shall take notice of where he is. You shall go and uncover his feet and lie down. And then he will tell you what you should do. Well, that sounds a bit, as my daughter says, that sounds a bit sus. It's a bit suspect. Sounds strange to our ears. Ruth says, well, all that you say, I will do. So this uncovering of the feet. Well, this is a custom. This was a, a custom in that region that owners of crops, they would sleep on the threshing floors. I mean, it's their, it's their property. They are there. They sleep there with their clothes on, but with their feet covered with a blanket. It's not exactly the same thing, but it wouldn't be unlike you, you come in, you lie down on a sofa, and you, or maybe you get in the bed, get under the cover, and you throw another blanket on. But his feet are, are covered with a blanket. So Boaz eats, and when he finishes, he goes to lie down at the heap of, the, of, the heap of grain, at the end of the heap of grain, and Ruth comes in secretly and she uncovers his feet and she lies down. And I like, we see that the man is startled. I would say that's probably an oversimplification. Uh, behold, a woman is lying at his feet. And so he says, who are you? Well, she answers, I am Ruth, your slave. Again, different day. Now spread your garment over your slave, for you are a redeemer. So what is Ruth saying? Well, in the same way that Boaz told Ruth in their first meeting, he told her of the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Ruth is asking Boaz for his garment of refuge. That's what she's asking for. There's no impropriety. There's no funny business. Boaz says, May you be blessed of the Lord. You have shown your last kindness to be better than the first by not going after young men, whether poor or rich. <laughs> Boaz. Ah, Boaz. Ruth... She could have had any man she wanted, rich or poor or young or old. But what Ruth wanted was to honor the God of her now family. Yeah. The family to whom she has pledged. Remember her pledge to Naomi? Ruth wants to honor her family and she wants to honor the God of her family. 
She wants to do the right thing by her husband's memory. And what's more, you know, she really has feelings for Boaz. And Boaz has feelings for her. So Boaz says, do not fear, I will do whatever, do for you whatever you say, for, for all my people in the city know that you are a woman of excellence. You see, Ruth is a worker, and Ruth gets to be known very quickly. Ruth has an excellent reputation. And Boaz says, but now, although it is true that I am a redeemer, Yet there is also a redeemer more closely related than I. There's actually next of kin who is closer to Naomi and Ruth's situation than is Boaz. There's actually one one closer. And so this is what Boaz says. Remain this night. Stay here. When morning comes, if he will redeem you, good. Let him redeem you. But if he does not, then I will redeem you. As the Lord lives, he's pledging himself to her. And he says, lie down until morning. Again, it's not safe out there at night. (laughs) It's not safe for a beautiful young woman. She does as she's told. She gets up before anyone recognizes her. He he had told her, don't let it be known that, that you came to the threshing floor. Again, there's no impropriety. Boaz wants to protect Ruth. He wants to protect her, and he wants to protect her reputation, and he he wants to protect his reputation. And he doesn't want to foul up to mess up this legal process of this kinsman redeemer. So Boaz says, give me your shawl and hold it. And, And so Boaz measures six measures of barley out for Ruth. This is right before she leaves. Scoops out barley. And this is, in essence, a thank you to Naomi. <laughs> well, Ruth comes home. And Naomi says, how did it go? Ruth gives her the measures of barley and tells her all that had happened. And Naomi says, My daughter, wait until you know how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest until he has has it settled today. She says to Ruth, Don't worry. Don't get worked up. Don't worry. You know, we all need that one in our lives who puts us at ease. <laughs> my, my mom, I would call my mom, still call my mom. <laughs> I, I watch how my wife, the mother of my children, puts our children and me at ease. We, we, we all need someone who can do that for us, and Naomi does this for Ruth. All right, so Boaz goes up to the gate, and, and he sits down. <laughs> and, he, and behold, this man, this redeemer of whom he spoke, is passing by. And so Boaz says, come over here, friend, and, and have a seat. And the man does, and then Boaz calls over ten men of the elders there of the city, 
calls them over, and then he starts the process. He says to this Redeemer, he says, Naomi, who has returned from Moab, has to sell the land which belonged to her, her deceased husband, our brother, our relative, Elimelech. And so I thought that I would inform you, telling you to buy Naomi's land in front of these ten witnesses. If you're going to redeem it, go ahead and redeem it. But if not, if not, let me know. There's no one except you to redeem it except for me. I'm next in line. So the man, he says, well, I'll redeem it. Okay. Legal process, it's a legal transaction. And so Boaz says, well, on the day that you buy the field from Naomi, you must also acquire Ruth. Again, different culture. You must acquire Ruth, the widow of the deceased, in order to raise up the name of the deceased on his inheritance. Well, the Redeemer says, he thinks for a second, and he says, well, you know, on second thought, I cannot redeem her for myself, otherwise I would jeopardize my own inheritance. There's, there's this risk of forfeiture of his own estate inheritance. So the man says, he says, Boaz, redeem for yourself. You may have my right of redemption since I cannot redeem. Boaz says, you are witnesses today. I mean, we've, we've got everybody here. Let's take care of it right now. <laughs> you are witnesses today that I have bought from Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to her two sons. And furthermore, Ruth will be my wife in order to raise up the name of the deceased on his inheritance. You are witnesses today. And all the people who were there they say, we are witnesses. And I want you to see this blessing. This chapter 4, around verse 11, he says, or the people say this to Boaz, May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, the wives of our ancestor Jacob, both of whom built the nation of Israel. And may you achieve wealth and Ephrathah, and become famous in Bethlehem. <laughs> and what's more, see, Boaz is actually part of the house of Judah, one of those 12 tribes. And they keep going, they say, through the descendants of the house of Judah, whom the Lord will give you by this young woman. So Boaz marries Ruth. And she gives birth to a son. And these women who greeted Naomi upon their arrival into Bethlehem and she said, oh, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara for I'm bitter. These same women, they come to Naomi and they say, blessed is the Lord who has not left you without a Redeemer today. Mm. Amen. And may his name become famous in Israel. May he also be to you one who restores life and sustains your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you. 
Your daughter-in-law who loves you and is better to you than seven sons, this daughter-in-law has given birth to him. Then the women go on to say, a son has been born to Naomi. But they named the baby. They named the baby Obed. Obed. And little Obed, this is the thing about Obed. Little Obed grows up to be the father of a little boy named Jesse. And Jesse grows up to have many sons. And he has a little boy named David. And David will grow up to be the king of Israel. Through the lineage of Ruth and Boaz, a child would be born who would be the king of Israel. And God would go on to make a promise to this shepherd boy turned king, David. He would make a promise to David that David's descendant would be on Israel's throne forever. And this descendant of the house of Judah... This descendant would be God made flesh. This one would come to dwell with his people. God with us. And this one, the Lion of Judah, is our kinsman redeemer. You see, this one Jesus would go to the cross for us as an atoning sacrifice to pay our sin debt, to buy us back, to redeem us from the very gates of death and hell themselves. To to redeem us and to establish us, not as former children of wrath, but now children of God. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer because he buys us back and we become joint heirs with him. Now, children of God, his kin, Jesus, our kinsman redeemer. Jesus does not disappoint. There is no bitterness in Jesus. You see, this is not only a tale of two women. This is a story of new life for not only Naomi and Ruth, but for all of us. Through Jesus, our kinsman redeemer, we have the opportunity for new life and new hope.